Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, the CEO of Bingham Group. Our guest today, our returning guest, is Councilmember Natasha Harper-Madison of District 1. Welcome back to the show, uh, Councilmember. I've known her for 15 years, so it's private <laughs> council. So welcome back to the show, Councilmember. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me back. And I, I got to tell you, it's odd for me, too. I, uh, I went through several months of not knowing who people were talking to when they said Councilmember. <laughs> now when they say Natasha, I feel the way. <laughs> well, and you, yeah, and you, uh, yeah, you were actually, uh, you were our, our, the show's very first guest. Uh, you recall, this was in May of 2018. I think you, uh, you were then citizen, citizen Harper Madison, uh, but you're representing uh, the East uh, 12th Street, I'm sorry, East Oh, so it was East 12th Street Merchants Association? At the time, yep. Yeah, yeah. And this you know, with the work you're uh, you working on with the mural over there and the repainting and then subsequent repainting of the mural over there and onwards to council. So you've been on the show a number of times and we're glad to have you back, especially um, with what's going on now and a lot of the things that happened this week. And before we get to those, I want to just talk to you through, through, two, through three lenses. One, um, as a black woman, um, one other is a black mom of black children, and then also as a as the, as the city's sole black council member, right? Um, I'll say at my end, just as a lobbyist, I'm probably in it more in the you know in the uh, aware of what's going on with council and discussions and news is a part of my job, and I know it's affecting me. There's not really a cutting it off, and I can only imagine and we'll get to what it's like for you in those three capacities. Um, yeah. So we'll start with just yeah how just. You personally, I mean, how, how are you feeling, you know, just about all, everything going on right now? And it's a lot. It is a lot. And, you know, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I am, I'm tired, but I'm not weary and I'm not beaten. And so just coming to those terms that you can be tired and still have enough juice to keep pushing. And that's where I'm at. I'm just digging deep and, and allowing people, you know, it's, it's, my uh, my grandmother used to have this expression about how it was the good and the bad. It was a vulgar expression, so I won't share it <laughs> verbatim, but basically she just talked about how for every good, there's some bad. And for every bad, there's some good, you know? And this week has been heavy. Last week was heavy. And in all honesty, 2020 has just been kind of heavy yeah. um, and rock full of very important decisions to make and including all of those lenses that you made reference to. but uh, I got to tell you, the community is showing up for me and when and if they feel like I might falter, they're fortifying me, my knees, my back, everything's strong mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm being lifted up by the, by the people who stand behind my commitment to making sure that we have representation on our council. Yeah. And then I mean, just from the lens of, a, of, you know, being a mom of black children, right? Like, I mean, what, and you know, I'm talking, this is my mother who you've known for <laughs> several years as well, like just the lens of the hope obviously for a better future, uh, balanced with, or tempered rather with the realities and practicalities of the world we're in now, even before the discussions around that came out of uh, uh, George, George Floyd's murder. And just your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, you know my, my oldest kids, can you, 
you heard that, didn't you? Yeah, we're at the Zoom life. It's, it's totally fine. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. So my, my oldest kids, it's a different conversation, but the small ones, you know, trying to navigate that space of having a complex conversation with a younger child and finding my way and, and saying in a way that's age appropriate, mm-hmm. but recognizing they need to know the truth. They need to know what's happening you know, in the world around them right now. I think COVID has, has put us in a position to where, you know, lots of folks are just kind of checked out, kids included. Um, they know that mom hides in the room to have conversations, you know. They know that if it's a heavy conversation, I go to the garage or the backyard, you know, but I, I think people definitely underestimate how aware and how observant children are. So they don't know what I'm talking about when I go to the garage or go to the backyard, but they see my pained expression when I come back. They know when I'm frustrated. Um, so it's been it's been interesting and complex, and certainly you know um, made more complicated by way of our new COVID reality. You know, mom doesn't work out of an office anymore; she works out of her bedroom. Mm-hmm. So you know, they see a lot more than they otherwise would. So that has definitely put me in a position of being supremely protective. Um, And then with the older kids, you know, we're having realistic conversations about my concerns for them and um, how they're feeling. So it's definitely been um, an opportunity for me to just show up strong um, when I can and when I'm tired and are not feeling so strong, I, I can say those words to them. So it's been an interesting evolution of our relationship, our parent-child relationships. Mm-hmm. Then lastly, as the, you know, the sole uh, black member of council, um, I, would, I think we've talked about this in previous episodes and offline too, but just you represent District 1, which is Central East Austin, um, but it would just have been drawn as a black opportunity zone, but in th- you know, but there's black people who live across Austin, right? And right. so, you know, just balancing, yes, you represent your district, which has a, a good portion of Black Austin and was the historic heart of Black Austin, but that Black Austinites also live across the district. And you know, even though we're um, it's a district system now, do look to you as a voice, right? And Absolutely. Yeah, just relating that responsibility. I mean, your thoughts on that, just one, and how you temper that with you know your district one, but you're also there might be someone in D in D six or D ten or D eight. My parents live, and how that balances in that weight. Uh, it's certainly weighty. Um, I will say that, and I, uh, I, I don't know that any of my council colleagues have a similar weight, um, in which case a part of the difficulty is not being able to lean to your colleagues to ask for advice. Uh, I'm a year and a half in, but you know some of these folks have been doing this for eight years, um, but not being able to ask that question. You know, When you feel like the weight of the city, um, your district and beyond is on your shoulders, what do you do? How do you respond? And Uh, I couldn't ask them that if I tried. They wouldn't know how to respond. So I'm basically just having to navigate that terrain of figuring that out on my own. Um, I feel feel the weight, but not in a way that it feels like an obligation, not in a way that I feel burdened. I feel it in a way that I feel proud and I'm inspired to show up stronger and more productive every day. Very good. So next, I want to get to just the kind of the, the some of the items that votes that happened this week around police reform. Um, you know, it started off I think Tuesday with or over the weekend. There's several resolutions 
that you filed and your several of your colleagues filed um, around different areas of police reform. And mm-hmm. then you're kind of the, I guess, as far as I know, historic action on Tuesday of uh, at a work session where you had unanimous support of those resolutions, which for those who don't know, work session isn't really a place for formal votes. It's more, or even informal votes, it's more just talking about, talking through issues and so on, on their way to council meetings on the Thursday for formal votes. So you had right. full support of uh, all your 10 members of council, of 11 members of council rather, all the issues, all the resolutions going to Thursday. And I want to talk about your, you know, your resolution in particular, uh, item 96, and then also from there, talk about just the misconceptions about, I mean, as, as I know you, you heard yesterday in testimony about the defund the police kind of a, a statement and what it is and what it doesn't mean. Because you, you and I know there are folks who were, there's information out there that wasn't true. Right. And so I want to get to that and you know, use this platform for you just to lay out what we're talking about when they say defund the police. And what, what it really means, if that's even the right term to use. Well, so I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you, if you caught the tail end of my testimony. One of the things that I said, you know, and I wanted to be clear about it, not once did anybody, not one person heard us say from the dais defund. They heard other people say it. They heard people who, for whom it is easier to push their agendas when there's chaos and confusion. And so I think some people took full advantage of the opportunity to confuse and create chaos. Um, but so I've never, literally, I've never used the expression defund. We said de-divest. Uh, we said reimagine. We said, you know, and, and I, maybe I'll even stop there and, instead of continuing to give you the words. But essentially, I'll tell you what the sentiment was. The sentiment is to take funds that at present, go towards Austin Police Department funding and reimagine our public safety responsibilities in a way that we recognize we are asking law enforcement to do jobs that they aren't trained to do. Um, and that's a part of the problem. You know, can you imagine doing a job where folks are asking you to do things that one, you didn't sign up to do, and two, you just weren't trained to do it. And so what we're talking about in this, so item 96, um, for more or less, is a, is a budget resolution. And it's a, it's a budget resolution in that we're offering some direction for when deliberation around the budget happens later on this summer. So basically, you know, it's us agreeing. We are asking too much of our law enforcement professionals. They are not social workers. They are not mental health professionals. They are not family counselors. Yet they're doing all those jobs and more. Um, we have a homelessness crisis. That's not what they do either, but they're doing that job also. So peace officers have some pretty clear and distinct um, responsibilities, roles and responsibilities. Um, and at the end of the day, their job should be to keep the peace and not to be the de facto go-to for all the, the ills of society. And so this initiative essentially is offering the direction that we will rethink how we allocate funding and put some towards more appropriate resources, really um, make those resources more, more robust so that our rank and file uniformed officers can do the job that they signed up to do. Yeah. And then also too, and that for, the, for those who don't know, so council is on formal recess now, as of yesterday through July 22nd, they come back on July 23rd and those preceding days will, kick off uh, public hearings on, or public 
public hearings on the on the budget testimony, right? So, and I guess those are also opportunities for the public to weigh in um, as well on 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 APD's budget or any other budget uh, budget uh, issues they may have at council, right? Um, and then lastly, so you know, just the impact again. Before, I think people forget too. We're still in a some people forget we're still in a pandemic with COVID and everything else, and just recognizing, uh, you speak to just the impacts COVID's had in your district, COVID-19 yeah. on the black community. Because I mean, yeah, in the face of what's going on right now, I mean, it's a, a way, they're all, they're, it's a weighty conversation in the middle of a global pandemic. And yeah. um, just the focus obviously has been on, on the protests and the change of what's going on, but recognizing there's still a major threat. I mean, it's particularly been impacting uh, black and brown lives as well in Austin and elsewhere. Right. Yeah, well, so, I mean, the reality is we make up 14% of the population nationwide, but we make up 42% of COVID cases. Um, as per usual, uh, here we are as a community, and I'm talking about Black folks specifically, um, just disproportionately represented yet again, you know, and, you know, the, the correlation is clear for folks who are paying attention, um, but I, I think it's it's... Somebody said it to me pretty aptly the other day. He said, I wish we didn't have to do this right now. It's certainly not timely or convenient, but we have to right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that really struck me as what a complex, complicated position to be in. Because the truth of the matter is, I didn't attend any rallies or any demonstrations, any speeches. I didn't do anything publicly. If for no other reason, I'm, I'm one of those high risk people. I'm immunocompromised. I can't do those things. So I have to take particular precautions for myself. And I think younger, healthier um, folks, they were risking it all because they felt like they had to. They felt like now is the time. And you know, while I will give us that, it was historic and in its own really complex way, beautiful. But look at our Travis County COVID cases. I want you to watch those closely over the next few days. Between Memorial Day and the actions that have transpired over the last two weeks, um, we are going to hit that mark. Our medical professionals, our epidemiologists said, don't hit this mark, otherwise we are going to uh, overrun our hospital systems. And every day we inch closer to hitting that mark where we're going to overrun our hospital systems. And so the pragmatist in me is also very concerned about that and how that will manifest in, in black and brown communities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess all of this kind of the health, the health disparities in the black and brown communities, definitely in the black community in Austin and Travis County kind of overlaid the fact that prior to all this for years, we've, we've all known this publicly that Austin was, um, you know, relative to our population, the most economically segregated city in the, in the U S right. So apart from, I think the police, the police reforms and the things we're looking to do, health reforms and what I one thing I'm um, just anecdotally seeing on Facebook and different you know social media platforms is the the outreach to black businesses particularly and I know that's something probably you know you're you're an entrepreneur as well and had several businesses um, private council and you know are you hopeful too that we get some I mean how do we get the I guess it's not really a it's a complex question potentially but how do we get to more economic parity in Austin for the black community and that not just in district one but across the community right and jobs, job access, as well as advancement. We as a community have to make it a priority for all of us. 
um, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I've said on multiple occasions, uh, it, during some of my testimony, in fact, when folks were saying to me, you must feel so bad right now. I feel so bad for you and your community right now. I know what they were saying. I think most of them were well-intentioned, but what they were saying was, it's not me or mine. And so it has to be all of ours. It has to be incumbent on every person to make it a priority to help distribute wealth more evenly. And that shows up in how you hire. That shows up in how you spend your dollars, the businesses you choose to patronize. It shows up in how you, you know, choose to or not to, frankly, um, send your kids to public school right alongside kids that don't look like your kids. You know, it's, it's all about the level of intentionality we take with every single decision we make because it all affects the other thing. Um, so we, we all have to make it ours and our community. And that's the only way out. Yeah. Councilmember, I also want to plug your show. I think you just started a few weeks ago. Uh, talk, talk with Tasha, and mm -hmm. let you know, let's let people know where they can find that, what it's about, and what you're looking to do with it. Well, so uh, we use a, a platform that allows us to share it on Facebook and Instagram Live, mm -hmm. um, and so our Facebook page is the, the a great place to go and and find the link to get to it. But talk with Tasha is an opportunity to just check in with the community. We've had. Um, a myriad of guests, you know, folks that represent the business sector and um, music and arts, uh, folks that, that work in policy spaces. Uh, last week, we had an opportunity for our chief of staff, Eric Bird, to take the helm, and he brought on several uh, Black men and specifically made space for that conversation as well. So our hope is moving forward that it's a community conversation open to all, um, even if you don't see somebody that looks like you on the panel, the, the subject matter is open to all. And, and we hope that folks dial in and just get to know a little bit more about things that they're very interested in or didn't know about before. Great. We'll put that information in the show notes. And it comes out, is it every Friday, typically you broadcast? We broadcast every Wednesday at 630. Okay, great. We'll put that information in the show notes. Uh, Council Member, Austin Council Member, Natasha Hopper Madison, District 1, thank you for your time as always and keep up the good fight. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.